Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> hey, what's up, y'all? Froth here with the Thought Eater Podcast. And it's Sunday morning, so that means I got to run my Night Below game last night. So Sunday mornings are a little brighter, a little, uh, a little more beautiful when you got to game the night before. So after all the weekly chit-chat and talking and talking about games and this, that, and the other, it's nice to finally get to the actual play and kind of what it's really all about. So anyway, if you've been following along with this, I talk about my Night Below AD&D BX mashup game. And uh, I was thinking about it. I, I hope I've not given the impression that my game style is too serious. If I have, then I'm about to dispel all of that to today uh, because we had a a fun and kind of just off the wall sort of session last night a lot of humor involved which I'll get to I hope you find it as amusing as I did but uh, so if you remember when we left off the party had just uh, defeated the kidnappers that were holed up in the Garlstone mine one of the evil clerics got away with the kidnapped priest, Sam Hayes, but uh, otherwise the party defeated everyone. The party did lose a couple of henchmen, Barley and Kyra. party also had a huge payday, so tons of magic items and, and, and everything. So the session started with uh, you know having to do a little bit of the bookkeeping that goes in these sort of things as... Uh, both the cleric and uh, the thief leveled uh, to four, and uh, the assassin is the first to hit level five. So that took a minute to get all that sorted because that meant new thacos and saving throws and skills and all that sort of thing. Once that was sorted, the uh, Farley, the remaining henchman, was you know shaken and disturbed by losing his brother and, and friend and uh, the party decided to make their way back to um, the nearby town of Milbourne to take the bodies there and sell off excess magic items to the um, to Lord Carmen that lives there and kind of just regroup so that's what happened they didn't encounter anything on the way back to town they went to the uh, the little temple of St. Cuthbert that's in the town. Um, even though the priest Sam Hayes is missing, there were a couple of, you know, acolyte altar boy sorts of types there that helped uh, dress the bodies for burial and to be picked up by their families, presumably within the next day or so. And so the, uh, you know, they rested and went the next day to sell the items. I just have Lord Carmen. Uh, he's one of the richest people around, so I just allow him to buy the items off them if they if they need to sell them. And so from here, I've mentioned before Moshi, the, the half-orc. She's a voracious eater of chicken. And uh, 
prefers it live if possible. She's, you know, kind of feral, so to speak. Moshi, the player who plays Moshi, is also um, in a relationship with the player that plays Mabeldob, the gnome. And this is made for lots of humor over the over the weeks. Uh, you know, she might pick up the, you know, she's a half-orc, she'll pick up the gnome against his will sometimes and carry him around like a child and these kind of things. There's kind of a good-natured uh, animosity, so to speak, going on between them. Well, anyway, Moshi requested, uh, asked if, if she could buy a chicken coop that she wants to strap to her back to keep some live chickens in it. So, of course, I said, yeah, you know, we'll see how it might mechanically affect you from time to time and having this chicken coop strapped to your back, but she's certainly strong enough to do it. Um, and I just made the comment in passing that, you know, one of the chickens, uh, one of the four chickens seemed to not like Mabeldob the gnome very much. Just kind of tried to scratch at him or, or something. Uh, so that delighted her. And so anyway, they, uh, the party decided to head back to, uh, the Garlstone. They debated a little bit about what to do. They decided on exploring the tunnel system, uh, a little bit more. And they had found, a, a passage, a hidden passage leading out of the Garlstone mines that the... Uh, evil cleric had escaped from during the last session. So the party uh, went back to the mine to enter the the subterranean tunnels under the Heronshire through that passage. So from here there was some uh, resource tracking. I don't get too crazy about it. I thought I'd talk about this for a minute, but you know when you're dealing with lots of travel underground uh light is uh, you know uh, light and food are two huge resources because they have no idea how long these tunnels are and and um you know you could easily get cut off or get turned around and but anyway um it turns out one of the best treasures that they've run into it's not even treasure but back at the broken spire keep uh, where some kidnappers had been, and bandits had been hiding out. They found this huge, you know, stash of just basic supplies. So it was things like, you know, beans and flour and rope. And uh, amongst that was this, you know, case of flasks of oil. And that's actually ended up probably being one of the most valuable treasures they've had because uh, if they ran out of oil in some of these, because they have no idea how long some of these tunnels are, um, they would have really been screwed. But as it is, they had found something like, you know, 40 vials, of, you know, 40 flasks of oil. So been ticking those off. So my basic method with this is rather than wait around, uh, I, I, check, I check every hour for an encounter and um, I'm letting them move about two miles an hour and let's see and then they uh, the vials uh, uh, the, each flask of oil lasts um, uh, 240 minutes so four hours 
So that's been the extent of my uh, tracking. I haven't tried to make it too complex, but even that alone is kind of, okay, this, minus, the, okay, they lose the flask, okay, roll check, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, they they follow the, the tunnel all the way back from, the, the, the mines are kind of on the north side of the map, north of Herrenshire, well, I mean north of Milbourne, the little town. So they follow the tunnel all the way back down the way they came, um, miles and miles and miles. And so it's evening by the time they find a passageway out. And so it's a it's a, a way that uh, they assume that the priest was kidnapped uh, and because it's a tunnel that comes out not far from um, not far from the town of Melbourne. And I just made it to where the tunnel had been kind of disguised. You could walk right by it and you wouldn't know it because there's you know rocks and brush and this kind of thing. So they decide they want to mark this tunnel and then go back to the town to let uh, the ranger, Gerald, that lives there know about it so that it can be guarded and everything. And that's the, the first time I end up running a, ran, a rolling a random encounter for the day. Ends up being orcs, which actually ends up working out really well because it actually made sense with the story as orcs seem to be aligned with the kidnappers. So it's something like 16 orcs that are going to come pouring out of this hole at them. So from here is where it starts to, uh, the, the whole tone of the, you know, the tone of this session gets lighter because, uh, anyway, some of the orcs pour out to attack and, uh, you know, first thing that happens is, um, Cyril, the assassin, has got a brand new plus one longbow from last session, so. He hits a crit with his first shot, so it's a great shot. I have it go through one of the orcs' necks, killing it instantly, and then go into the stick into the orc behind him. So it's this incredible shot. And then, of course, he's the one that rolled two two ones in a row last week. And so then his next row, of course, after the crit is a one. So I just have it kind of slip out of his hand, and the arrow hits his hits the uh, mage Fenric right in the butt. So. But the next thing that happens is Moshi, with her brand new plus two bastard sword burning a hole in her pocket, wanting to use it. She runs up to hit an orc, rolls a natural one. So the whole area is saturated with rain, you know, with rain and, and water because it's, it seems like it's been raining for like two weeks straight in this thing. Um, I use the random... Greyhawk weather generator and it's just been every day seems like it's been really rainy but so she slips falling backwards which crushes the little coop that she's got on her back so immediately two of the chickens are dead and she's no you know she's screaming no anyway the favorite chicken the one that doesn't like the gnome makes a beeline for the gnome uh, looking to peck at him so it goes just, you know, careening towards the gnome. The gnome has a war dog named Patches, and it just immediately just grabs the chicken out of the air, inches from the gnome's face, throttles it, and kills it. By this time, 
Moshi is just screaming and crying. No, you know, that was her favorite chicken because it hated the gnome. <laughs> so, and then the fourth chicken kind of uh, is just running around. Now, the mage did something great here. You know, Stinking Cloud, that spell is just, oh, lordy, that's a lifesaver depending on the edition. In first edition, it's an incredibly powerful um, spell. You can really block off a whole area. Um, as long as you've got breathing creatures, you can uh, really, uh, really stymie a fight. Or uh, anyway, he he had cast a stinking cloud into the hole that the rest of the orcs were going to try to come out of. So I had several of them just immediately get caught in the cloud, and the rest of the orcs were backed up. You know, not willing to go into the cloud. So it as only four orcs had made it through um, prior to that spell being cast, it didn't take them uh, long at all to just, you know, slaughter them. They uh, took some pot shots at the ones that they could see, you know, choking and vomiting in the cloud. And the other orcs had a had a leader with them that was some modicum of intelligence, so they just kind of, the orc led them back to flee away. So, um, that, that was all there was to that. They decided they were going to go back to the town, uh, of Melbourne to warn the ranger as they had previously planned about the, uh, you know, that there was a, a way that these, these, uh, um, humanoids and everything could get out nearby the town. So they go back and Moshi's back to town. Moshi's crushed, uh, you know, covered in chicken feathers and mud. Um, and so they, they make it back to town and decide they'll go ahead and, and, and warn, uh, Lord Carmen about the tunnel. And instead of, uh, it's nighttime by now, um, probably about, you know, nine thirty or 10 o'clock at night. So instead of waiting for the morning, they decide it's so important that they'll go ahead and, and tell them. So, you know, the, the lot of them head over to Lord Carmen's, um, you know, uh, mansion and knock on the door and you know the butler comes to the door you know in a little nightcap like oh yes uh what can i help you with and and moshi you know the the cra you know crazed kind of hairy half orc covered in mud and, and chicken feathers just pushes her way in immediately uh knocking down the butler and uh is wants to go look for, for um the bath uh, look for any place to take a bath there. So she starts just, you know, knocking on doors, whatever, pushing open doors, it goes upstairs where I've got Lord Carmen actually taking his bath in his, in his chambers. So she ends up, you know, kicking the door in covered in, in feathers and mud while he's just bug naked in the tub. And, uh, it just, it was just hilarious the way it all ended up happening. It was, um, you know, she negotiates with him as he's, you know, kind of embarrassed sitting there in the tub, uh, that she wants to look for some chickens, some more chickens. And it comes out, she, she didn't even want to really eat these chickens. She was wanting to train them somehow to be attack chickens. And her favorite, of course, was the, the one that hated the gnome. So the Lord Carmen, not wanting to 
debate anymore as he's sitting there buck naked says that she can you know review some of the chickens the next day and uh ends up letting her take a bath in one of the uh the guest chambers so the next morning bright and early like a kid at christmas she's she's over there looking at the different chickens trying to see which one might be feisty and and these kind of things and and picks one out that she thinks you know will is suitable for for possible fighting at some point so we'll we'll see how that goes um the party decides that they will go out to the tunnel that was closest to Milbourne and find their way back in there uh, and behind them, Gerald and some uh, and some of the militia are going to you know try to collapse the tunnel and everything so that it can't be used. So the party made their way back up the way that they had came, uh, back towards the Garlstone Mines because they're starting to think that that um, whoever you know the groups that are behind this obviously are using these these. Uh, subterranean passages for travel but they think that it might have something to do with this area the great rock dale which is kind of like this rift of um caves and stuff that's over um towards the you know further west of the map um so they make their way all the way back up to the mines and kind of turn off on a passage they had ignored before um and uh, all the time I'm just doing the travel, but they didn't encounter anything for, you know, over eight hours, you know, about eight hours or so. And I just said, well, you've been traveling eight hours. You'll need to take a rest here. And so they decided to rest. And just then, as most of them were sleeping, rolled an encounter. It came up and ends up being a bunch of bugbears and... The bugbears get surprised, uh, did a surprise check. So that's kind of where I left as a cliffhanger, and that's something I thought might mention. You know, everybody talks about trying to leave the players wanting more or leave on a good cliffhanger and everything, and I totally agree with that. And I, I try to do that every time if possible, or leave it where everything just got satisfied in a perfect way. It's tied up in a perfect bow, and it felt like a good moment to stop. But another good reason to in this session just as an encounter is about to happen as it gives you a little bit extra time especially with something random to kind of prepare a little bit more if you want to so for example if this was just something that i was going to run random theater of the mind um it would you know it could be memorable whatever but now that I have the extra week, I know that I can go, you know, I've talked before on other podcasts about how much I love uh, battle maps and um, yeah, I just have a huge collection of maps going back years and years and years and years and years. And so I uh, uh, now I can utilize, I've got some really good ones for caves and caverns that have lots of interesting terrain. They're beautiful. And now I'll be able to you know, utilize one of those and build it into a larger encounter and actually use a battle map on it. So, um, it'll, it'll be a lot more memorable, a lot, a lot better, a lot easier for everybody to kind of spatially know where they are because it's, they don't know how many, and I'm not going to say it now if they're listening, but it seems to be a lot. So the other thing it allows you to do is I'm never going to railroad or I'm going to, I'm definitely going to let, you know, the dice, 
tell me what happens, but, you know, with any encounter, you know, there are several different outcomes that can happen, you know, victory or death are the obvious ones, but here we've got, you know, humanoids and kidnappers that they know are working together, you know, to abduct, um, to abduct people. So there's uh, another outcome just implied there, uh, and that is a possible capture. And when you deal with possible capture, it might seem like a cliche or a trope having some uh, adventures start with the PCs captured or that happening. But that's always a tricky thing to to run and handle because you know, part of it's taking their items away. And there's nothing a PC hates worse than someone taking their items away. Uh, um, and it also... It just makes for interesting role-playing. It makes for, you know, difficult choices, I think. Or challenging choices, I should say, as a GM. Now, who knows? Who knows what will, what will happen? It's just uh, what I really mean to say is that leaving on a cliffhanger with an encounter like this, it allows you to kind of just let your wheels turn and think about different the different possible outcomes that could happen. Whether they happen or not is to be determined, but um, just having it, having played through in your mind a little bit sometimes can, can I think, help you improvise when that time comes. You're not so, um, you're not so, you don't, you won't be taken aback by any scenario. You can kind of play through different scenarios and how you might handle them. I wouldn't advise anyone doing it exactly that way. It's kind of like if someone's going to give a speech, you don't want to over prepare on the speech um, because it comes across too wooden and too, too, you know, too staged. You want to be able to just know everything enough to be able to say it in your own words. And so that's what you'd want to, you know, that's the way I would approach game prep, having enough in your mind, feel comfortable enough with it that you can then improvise, play with it and do it in your own words. If that makes any sense, it is still a little bit early here, but anyway, um, if you're enjoying these, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep, keep doing them, uh, every Sunday that I play, it looks like we're going to play next Saturday. So should be a good one. We're going to start off with this big bugbear encounter. Um, it was a good time. Lots of laughs. I don't know how much that translates into a podcast, but you know, she loved those chickens and uh, the chicken stuff, things like that, doing stuff on, uh, natural ones. Um, all that just adds fun to the game. I don't, none of us takes it too seriously. We like to laugh and roll dice. So that's what it's all about to me. Um, well, so I'm, it's weird. When I started podcasting, I didn't even know what, what I was going to do or what the hell I was doing. I was trying to just I guess emulate in a lot of ways what I heard some of the other anchorites doing, just kind of talking about different things that came into my mind. But now I've kind of really fallen into a schedule which I like. Uh, I like the the content that I'm doing, or it's I feel comfortable with it, and it's stuff that I stuff that's up my alley, I guess I should say. So um, my regular schedule now looks like it's going to be Wednesdays. Uh, doing the Hump Day Bloggerama, Fridays doing Five Minute Fridays, Sundays doing my game recap, 
and I'm still am going to do another um, backing and buying kind of deal. I wanted to talk about some Kickstarters and and uh, Patreons have been backing, but I don't. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep that one up for for a, um, a monthly deal or not. But I thought I'd do one at least just while all these uh, Kickstarter zine things are going on. So you can look or check that out. Really appreciate people listening. I appreciate feedback. So if you want to leave me a message on Anchor, that'd be awesome. Uh, frothsoff at gmail.com is my email address. You can find me at Frothsoft on Twitter. You know, I'm on Google Plus and MeWe and some other places too. Um, if you want to connect there. Or, and you can also check out my blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. Hope you guys got the game this weekend. And I'll uh, talk to you next time.